Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 24th episode of the Triborough Podcast. I'm your host, Just Alonzo, joined on the computer by Nicholas O'Brien because we're home for the holidays. How was Winter your Merry Christmas? It is very good, very good. I got this cool little neat Spider-Man. toy in the back. I think it's pretty cool. But, yeah, yeah, good Christmas, good break. But, you know, we've been a little active. You know, some things went down. Some things didn't go down. Yep. But we'll get into yeah, it. Yamamoto uh, signed with the Dodgers. We'll get into that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Had some interesting discussions on potential things with the Yankees rotation. Who knows what happens with Stanton? Um, right. And yeah. What are the Mets gonna do? What are the Mets? I don't know. Find yeah. out what they're gonna do. Yeah. And we'll find out in Queens. 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 Now entering Queens. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Queens. So, not much has changed since we had a full-length episode. Obviously, we had a small minor trade with the Brewers that brought in Adrian Hauser and Tyrone Taylor. I wouldn't say that's minor. I wouldn't call it major, but I wouldn't call it minor. In my opinion, it's not like needle moving. So I kind of consider that minor. You know, what I, you see, you see where I'm going, right? Yeah. Just finish what you're saying. Right. But I like the trade. Uh, we, I put out a video a couple days ago, highlighting that trade in more detail. But to give you the rundown, Adrian Hauser, fifth starter, swingman type, very solid pitcher. He has a career four ERA. He's due a little under $6 million. And for a fifth starter, I, I would say that's a pretty good deal considering where the market's at for those types of starters right now. Bear in mind, he I would say he had a better season than Lance Lynn, and Lance Lynn got, what, $10 million? Yeah. Right. Adrian Hauser's due a little less than six. And then Tyrone Taylor, uh, not sure what his role is going to be yet. I think that kind of will change as the offseason goes depending if the Mets sign an outfielder or something like that but as of right now he's probably penciled in as your left fielder and he's solid he's a great defender solid bat he had a terrific second half posting OPS over 800 and he had some clutch hits and he had a really cool home run during the wild card game but again more detail in the other video we put out the other day but besides that, obviously the big news is can I can Yoshinobu. I say since we're on oh how uh, what's uh, Hauser? Can I just say something? Yeah, yeah, I, go ahead. I like the move. Like I really like it because, like you said, it's a fifth starter. But tell me a fifth starter that you're gonna get that has potential to have a three-two ERA in, in 140 innings. He's had a sub-four ERA in two actual years in non-COVID in non-rookie years. He's thrown over 100 innings, and you gave up essentially nothing for that. Like, yeah. so many people are like, oh, this is the big – no, it's great depth in – I don't know. Like, I I almost curve stuff on how I grade it based on mm-hmm. how big the value is. Like, this isn't going to be a big move. So, I value right. this as, like, an incre- like a great trade just because yeah, he's – Yeah. Yeah, I definitely like the trade as well. And, yeah, the – 
I should mention, the guy they gave up was right-handed pitcher Coleman Crow, mm. who came over from the Eduardo Escobar trade. He's missing most, if not all, of the year with Tommy John. So it's kind of like... It's nothing. The, right. The Brewers are taking a flyer on him to see how he comes back from Tommy John. But Adrian Hauser is going to help the Mets Last now three years, 26 starts, 21 starts, 21 starts. Right. Right. And Tyrone Taylor's under control for three years, including 2024. So I think this trade makes a ton of sense, and I really like it. Yeah, and even if he's not going to be in your future, you're telling me that like either the deadline or next year, you're not going to get decent value out of a guy that's two and a half, two years of control left? Right. Yeah, so. exactly. Worst case scenario, you flip him at the deadline. Yeah. But uh, going off from the trade, obviously the big news was Yoshinobu Yamamoto signing with the Dodgers, killing both of our dreams and all the collective Mets and Yankees fans out there. More so for the Mets, I'd say, but... Definitely. I think it affects the Mets. A, I don't want to say a little bit more, but I don't want to say it's like end-all, be-all. It's a lot more... The Mets offseason was a lot more reliant on Yamamoto than the Yankees. Definitely, definitely. And if you look at it, Yamamoto's 25 years old. It, say what you want about the competitive level of the Mets next year. Yamamoto is going to fit that competition window, if you want to call it better than any other free agent pitcher out there for the Mets. So losing out on Yamamoto was uh, a tough pill to swallow, definitely. Would you – or sorry, finish what you are going to say. No, I was going to go into, like, specifics of the contract. That's what I was going to ask you, how you felt about it. So Yamamoto signed 12 years, $325 million with the Dodgers. The Mets offered the same exact contract. Now, in the past, on on a – our podcast, I've mentioned how 10 years for a pitcher is insane. 12 years for a pitcher. I know he's 25 years old, but holy crap, 12 years for a pitcher. I I would have been perfectly fine if the Mets offered him that contract and he signed. Let me just preface that. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I wouldn't be worried about this contract whatsoever because 12 mm. years for a pitcher is a lot. Yeah. I will say this. There's three opt-outs. Or is it two? I know there's one after the sixth and the ninth year. So, yeah, after the sixth and the ninth year. So, I mean, paying for his prime years. And if he's good, he's opting out, and you're not on the end for that money. Right. So, there's some maybe future outlook there, but obviously that's going to be years down the road. But as of right now, the Mets missed out on the big fish, and it's unfortunate. I think... Can I add on to the contract thing? Yeah. It was not the Mets' fault that he didn't sign with him. I think he was going to the Dodgers. He pretty much said, like, yeah, I was going to the Dodgers. I wanted to play for the Dodgers. Like, the Mets offered him the 12-year, $325 million contract. Then he called up the Dodgers. The Dodgers matched it. He signed it. He didn't give the Mets another chance. He wanted to play for the Dodgers, playing for the Dodgers. Right. That's exactly the next point I was going to make. It seemed like he wanted to be a Dodger from the get-go. Say what you want if he was going to follow Otani. He said he didn't want to. But I'm sure that helped a lot that Otani went to the He Dodgers. did say in the press conference that he, he thinks he – because this is such a hard – because you saw how, like, it was – like, what he actually said was, like, translated wrong. Yeah. So he said he might have still gone to the Dodgers had it not been for Otani. Who knows? Right. But – Yeah. Take that for what you will. But Otani being there definitely helped. And it's unfortunate. You know, it's hard to compete with the Dodgers where the Mets are at 
at this point. I love my team, but I know it's not the destination to be for free agents right now. Mm. And I know it's a tough sell, you know, being basically David Stearns being a salesperson for the Mets. It's kind of a, a little downgrade of a product, if you want to say that, to where you could go elsewhere. You kind of you're trying to sell a lower end product to you know someone who's making a life changing decision. Yeah, and it is also a thing of most people would rather the Yankees than the Mets if you're gonna sell them on New York. Right. So right. that's like another so, thing that is like hard about it, and definitely. So it's unfortunate, but you know life moves on. The Mets have to move on. Uh, I really would have liked to see Yamamoto in a Mets uniform with Sanga, but unfortunately that's not going to be the case. So I know we sent out a quick little video, I believe it was what, last week, about quickly where the Mets going to pivot, where the Yankees are going to pivot. But to more detail, there's not much else that has come out in the past week. I mean, obviously for the holidays, a lot of things yeah. slow down. But... Mets fans, it's probably going to be a long winter, and it's probably going to be a longer season, unfortunately. There's not a lot of top guys that fit, like I said, the competitive window, if you want to call it, for the Mets. And it doesn't seem like they're really interested in Jordan Montgomery. They're not really interested in Blake Snell, who are, I would say, probably the best two, two. right? Then after that, it's the tier below and maybe even a tier below that, that the Mets are really looking, you know. What's the money ball line? He, he gets on base. No, no I was <laughs> the 30 feet. Yeah, exactly. So don't expect big signings. Don't expect big trades. I, I just don't think it's going to happen this mm-hmm. offseason, and it seems like a lot of experts and a lot of get people within the industry expect that as well but someone they have looked at you know Lucas Giolito who I've mentioned in the past you know worst case scenario he eats innings I think a one-year deal he probably wants a two-year deal but you know two-year deal for an option one-year deal for vesting option things like that can always be worked out but I do think Lucas Giolito is a better fit than most because He's going to probably want to try to re, I guess, revive his value mm. because it surely tanked after the year he had. And at the end of the day, he eats innings, he pitches, he's there every fifth day, and that's what the Mets need. I think you could also sell him on a thing like, yeah, you, this is a low-pressure situation to revitalize your uh, your value. And also, if we're not good at the deadline, you want to go to a contender, we'll flip you to a contender. Right. So. Exactly. You throw in an extra think, million or two to get a good prospect at the deadline, I think that's fine. Exactly. You pay, like, the rest of the contract, whatever. And that's what I think, if there are going to be trades, I think that's going to be the key. It's going to be, like, the Hauser and Taylor signing, where it's a combined $7 million for a fifth starter and a fourth outfielder type. So teams who want to get that off the books, I think this is where the Mets come in be like, hey, We'll take on the contract, obviously, you know, lower the return, take on take on that contract and see where things go. But, you know, I don't think they're trading for a Dylan Cease. I don't think they're trading for a Corbin Burns. 
or anyone else like that. I think Cease's value is also overly inflated right now. Like, right. I'm seeing they, so many things that, like, if the Yankees were to do it, they would have to give up, like, two top five prospects. Two top four right. prospects. Yeah, I'm pretty, yeah, the White Sox want a haul for Cease. Yeah. And I've never been as high on Cease as others, so I'm I'm high on him, but that. not that high. That's, like... Right. That's like a them saying we don't want to trade him, but if you want to give us everything, we'll trade him. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the Mets have also checked in on another Japanese pitcher, Shota Imanaga. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I think that's no hard I think pronouncing that's right. Yamamoto. But he is a left-handed pitcher. He is older than Yamamoto. I believe he's around 30 years old, and he's not going to want that one-year, two-year contract. He's probably going to want something similar to Sango's, who got five years, 700... Uh, whoa. Whoa, five whoa, years, whoa. Seven, 75 million. Sorry. Imagine. But... 700,000. Yeah, exactly. League minimum. Come on over. But Shota's going to want a longer-term contract, something like Sango's. So I'm not sure how well that fits for the Mets, I personally wouldn't mind, depending on the contract. If it is something similar to Sanka's, I wouldn't mind. But he does have some question marks. I believe if he gave up the most home runs in the NPB last year. And obviously the transition from you know Japan to MLB is always going to be uh, a big topic. But, you know, like I've said in the past, after Yamamoto... The Mets are really going to look at the reclamation projects and the guys who are just going to give you innings and just any upside they can find on this market, which isn't a ton. Like obviously, you have guys like Lucas Giolito. You know, there's guys like Hunjin Ryu who are trying to get value back. There's guys like James Paxton who had a okay year after now falling a off pole. a cliff. Right. It's not even the but, thing of like skill. It's just, dude, he's. His injuries are some of the most concerning in the league. Like I, I right, yeah. I would, that's that's the issue with a lot of these pitchers. Just injuries and or just. I think him more than like worth. anyone though, unlike the market. Yeah, I wouldn't blame the Mets from staying away from that, but that's who they have to deal with right now. And besides pitchers, uh, I mentioned in the Yamamoto video that. You don't necessarily need an elite starting rotation to be quote unquote competitive, which the Mets have said they want to be. Like the Orioles had a very okay rotation last year. The Diamondbacks made it all, all the way to the World Series. Although I know Zach Allen and Merrill Kelly are a good one too, the rest of the rotation was pretty awful. So you don't need an elite rotation. So I think the Mets could pivot to more an offensive approach and sign guys like Teoscar Hernandez who could play left field and or DH, you know, use. Can I add something about him quick? I saw yeah, that the bit, like the Red Sox are going like really hard for him. And um, yeah. it, the angels are kind of like secondary in the market. And they said that if bidding does happen, they're thinking like a four or five year deal for what it ends yeah. up being. If that's the case, then no, thank you. Yeah. I don't, Five years, definitely not. Four years. I think it said like a minimum maybe. of three, probably at least four. Yeah, three years is probably where I'd like to stay. 
I would have really liked the Mets to go after Lourdes Gurriel, but obviously he resigned with the Diamondbacks. I think he, he got a two-year deal, right? <sighs> Sounds was, right. I think it was a two-year for a uh, third-year option. But something like that I would have liked. But on more concrete, I guess, evidence. A uh, three-year had... deal that includes a club plus option eight. for 2027. So I think it's a three-year okay. plus an option for a fourth. Okay. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. And yeah, it was so 342, I'd... just for the numbers. Not bad. Like, what was it? Hmm. Fifth, what, 15 14. a year? 14 a year? Yeah. I think that would that would have been perfect. But unfortunately, we move on. But going on to more concrete evidence, the Mets have talked. Oh, I, I'm not so, sorry. I don't know if they've talked to him, but they have shown interest in J.D. Martinez. Obviously, that's your DH first guy. He's not playing the outfield. No whatsoever if you want to be competitive he he is not playing the outfield right so he is your dh obviously he had a i won't say career year but he revived his career almost Mm. with the dodgers last year and obviously with the signing of otani their dh spot is filled so martinez is going to have to look elsewhere 33 home runs a 134 ops plus right and I'm always skeptical on signing guys after a Dodgers year. What Nick, Nick, Nick. He had a stolen base. Oh, my God. I'm in. I'm in. That's it. I'm in. Give it to me. Two years. Whatever he wants. No. Ten years. But uh, I know different position player and uh, pitcher, but look at Tyler Anderson. He had a really good year with the Dodgers. The Angels signed him because, of course, they did, and he was really bad with the Angels because, of course, he was. So that's just the things I'm worried about. And for a full DH guy, you want 2023 J.D. Martinez, not 2022. Yeah. You, you need the 30 home runs who can you know protect Pete Alonso, be a middle-of-the-order bat, not the guy who hit, what was it, like 15? I'm looking right now. Even reached 15 in 2022. His power was zapped. 16. 16, yeah. So you want double that. Still had a 117 OPS plus, though. That's not bad. No. That's not bad. But as much as I would have liked J.D. Martinez, and this is something we didn't really get to talk talk about. Oh, my God. Can I cut you off one really quick? Those yeah, where is it? Um, those thirty-three home runs was in one hundred and thirteen games. Hmm. That is, you talk, hmm. I'm gonna do math. That's elite production. That is elite production. But obviously, with his age, there are injury concerns. I'm not sure. What he was on pace for forty-seven year. home runs. Go on. Love that. That, that would have been yeah. nice. But this is something we couldn't talk about at length was Ronnie Mauricio's ACL injury who is now going to be out for probably the whole year. I doubt we see him this year, which is really unfortunate. Sorry if you hear my dogs. Yeah, come Stupid on. Pups. Shut up, Barney. But come on. Get your dogs. Yeah, I know. It's bad. No, but uh, I've never been as high on Mauricio as others, but it still sucks to see him go down like mm. this. He definitely would have been in competition for probably the third base job. But this paves the way for Brett Beatty to take another crack at it. I know a lot of fans don't want to hear that, but... But why? Well, yeah. Well, because Beatty obviously had a really bad rookie year. He was, he 
started off okay. Then he got hot for like a couple weeks, and then he just plummeted. And so I understand fans' impatience with that, but Beatty has the opportunity to take this and run with the third base. No. And my my opinion on that is sorry for cutting you off. I saw you going like, You're oh, good. Um, yeah, no, but. The Mets most likely are not going to be in competition to win the division. You may sneak into the wild card. Right. I think that the only way that you guys make the, can even get close to making the playoffs is if you have Beatty playing third and he actually lives up to the hype. The only way the Mets will be somewhat good and somewhat watchable is if guys like Beatty actually live and um, like and Alvarez actually live up to the hype that they have. Definitely. So I think that it's one of those things of you have to more Beatty than Alvarez, but I'm just mentioning because yeah. I'm saying like young kids, when it comes to a guy like Beatty, you have to play him. Like yep. what, what do you have to, you literally have nothing to lose. He's not good. Yeah. Okay. You know, there's never going to be the what if. Da, 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 da. Right. Yeah. It, you give him a full year and if he's still not panning out, then it's done. All right. Yeah. In 2025, Brett Beatty is not your third baseman. Yeah. You look elsewhere. But going off of that, as much as I would like J.D. Martinez, and I can't believe I'm saying this in the I year know what you're gonna say. I think I know what you're going to say. Almost 2024. I think Justin Turner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Justin Turner fits the Mets a little bit better than a J.D. Martinez. They have been linked to him. They have. They have. But obviously, Justin Turner is not. I don't think he's a great defender anymore. I don't, I don't even know. I'll check. I'll check. He's for you. a good defender, but obviously he can fill that DH role, like JD Martinez can. And obviously, there's some history there. Some. So, I'm yeah, a, a little bit, a tad. So I'm not sure how interested he would be after you know being non-tendered. He's all those not qualified. He's ago. not qualified for fielding run value because he just didn't play the field enough. Okay. Yeah, so I think that that kind of tells a story there. They don't, they didn't re- the Red Sox didn't really want him in the field, which I don't really blame them. He's what? He's 39 years old, so he is almost 40. I will say 86th percentile run value. See, that's what you're signing him for. You need you need his power. You need his bat. I mean, he had a really good year last year. <laughs> Yeah, it, it exactly 800 OPS. 23 homers. Four times not... the amount of stolen bases as J.D. Martinez. Oh, my goodness. Speed threat on the bases, he's in. <laughs> Ninth percentile in speed. Um, but he has not, besides what year is this? 2022, he has not had an OPS under 800 since... 2013, which was his last year of the Mets, go figure. So besides 2022, he has had an OPS over 800 in every year from 2013 to now. And if Brett Beatty doesn't pan out or if you, you know, want to give Beatty some rest and kind of rotate him out, you can have Turner stand at third. Yeah. He's not going to be great. Probably going to be a hard watch, but I think he can still play a little bit of third base. But you are assigning him primarily for that DH role. Yeah. But 
yeah, like you said, if the Mets really want to be competitive, they're not going to get that out of free agency, I don't think. Hmm. You need to fill out the rotation. You need to get guys who will give you innings, like Lucas Giolito. And you need the kids to just start hitting. Alvarez had a phenomenal year. The, the standards that I think were put on him. Especially as but, a catcher, too. Right. 21 years old, catcher. His defense was much better than anticipated. He His offense was almost as advertised, and I still know there's more in that bat. But obviously he has things to work on, and he knows that, too. And In a lot of interviews that he's had, he knows there's things he has to work on, and I appreciate that coming from a and player. And how many moments did he look overmatched? when he first came up and then the more and more he played in those big moments, he was a lot better. He may not got the hit, but he looks so much more comfortable. Yeah, exactly. It all goes back to that Josh Hader inning where he struck out on three pitches. I was literally thinking of the Josh Hader like inning when I said that. Right. Right. And then I forgot how many, maybe a month later he had a big home run against the Rays. And then he had a hell of a game against the Rockies. Take that for what you will. But where was it? The point still stands. It was at, course okay never mind then so yeah take it for what you will but he had he did look a lot better he looked a lot calmer he's not swinging out of his shoes which is what i was looking for so alvarez has the potential Beatty again needs to grab this opportunity by the throat and just run with it yeah because this is i hate to say this is his last year to prove it because it's only his second full year if he has a full year kind is right so this can be make or break for Brett Beatty, and I still have high hopes for him. I still think he can be the future third baseman of this team, and he needs to prove it. He needs to hit, and he needs to play some solid defense. But besides that, you're relying on a lot of depth and a lot of average pitchers to get you through this. And you have some guys coming up in the upper minors, like Drew Gilbert, like Luis Angel Acuna. Jet Williams is racing to the majors i can i say something really quick about Beatty. i will say this there is somewhat of an okay free agent class for third baseman next year you have alex bregman headlining it you have a team option on yohan mancada for 25 million so they're not going to accept that there's no way yeah you have a club option for suarez for 15 million do the diamondbacks take that who knows right brennan jury is going to be a free agent and those are just kind of like, the, oh, <laughs> J.D. Davis. Mm, reunion. So, but no, no, like those first four guys, I think. I right. mean, if Steve Cohen really is like the guy that everyone says he is, no one's going to outbid him. If he needs a third baseman and Bregman's there, how do you not get him? Right. Especially that yeah, righty just... power bat. Like. Right. That's exactly what I was going to say. If Brett Beatty doesn't pan out, you know, you go get Bregman. You know, that, that kind of... That's kind of the way I think Steve Cohen might want to operate. And obviously you have other guys who who by 2025 you think should be on the roster. Mm. So we'll then, you know, take some money off the books. You know, by 2025, you're looking at Drew Gilbert being in the outfield. Maybe Luis Angel Acuna is your second baseman. Maybe Jet Williams is ready. You know, you have guys Which that also hurts Spady, by the way, salary. if Jet Williams right. is ready. Because then... You don't, because his only other place who wasn't going to play third be the outfield. Right. So, so there's guys that can not only push out Beatty, but just take his place outright. Yeah. So again, this, I 
hate to say make or break, but Brett Beatty has to prove something this year. He and does. if the Mets want to be competitive, I think that is something they're keeping an eye on. 100% but agree with that. That's all I got for the Mets. Again, there's not really much else to go off of, but that's where we are currently um, for the new year. What was I going to say? I was going to say something. Um, so do you think that the Mets ever are going to reset the luxury tax with Cohen as the owner? Bandy and Barney have opinions. I know. They're yelling. Sorry about this. Sorry. I need to think. I'm not so sure. I think when you, when you say reset, you mean like under the first threshold. Run with it how you want. So I was going to say that I'm not so sure they're ever going to be under the threshold completely. Mm-hmm. I think the plan is obviously to get under the Steve Cohen th- threshold mm-hmm. and just decrease from there. But the way I think he wants to spend and the way he wants to be competitive, I don't think they're ever truly going to be under I agree. Like that first threshold. Oh, and I know they're crazy. (laughs) This is a question that I thought it was a lot closer than it really was when I wrote it down. But, you know, might as well ask because it does tie in with this. Given the option, would you still have done the Lindor trade? Absolutely. Okay. That's what I I thought it was a lot closer when I thought of the question. But then I really like deep dive because I was thinking like you, you're very conservative when it comes to money. You don't want to spend as much. You don't want to say like blow it all up. Pretty hefty contract. Okay. I think he's been well worth the contract. I would agree with you after looking popular belief. After looking at because I thought Jimenez was a better hitter last year, so yeah, after yeah. looking at everything, I would agree. But if Jimenez was like what he was like in twenty twenty two, then yeah. I think it's a fair question. Yeah, it's a little closer, yeah, definitely. And when they gave up Jimenez, I was a little, I guess you could call it upset. You know, I would have liked to keep him. I really liked what he showed in twenty twenty. But obviously, if you have to give him up for yeah. Lindor, I I probably do that trade, you know, nine out of ten times. Mm. The one time me being extremely conservative and prospect hugging. Well, no, say more for the money. Of oh, the money, I again, I think he's been well worth it. Mm. Uh, he's been one of the better shortstops. You know, call it what you want. He's a top three shortstop, and he's not three. So up for debate there, but he's one of the better players in the game, period. He's been in, I believe, top 10 in war the past two seasons as a Met. So two out of the three seasons as a Met, he's been top 10 in war, if I'm not mistaken. But, and look, and off the field stuff, great leader, you know, great clubhouse guy, it seems. And he's just, he's a pleasure to watch just on defense as well. Yeah. Yeah, he had a 31-31 season, almost 100 RBIs in that lineup. He had a 120 OPS plus, and that's not even including his defense. Right. So, very glad Francisco Lindor is a Met. He's one of the very few pieces of this team that is, you know. Ninth in MVP the last two years. Right. So, I think he's been well worth it, and he's a pleasure to watch. Yeah. And like I said... I thought it was a lot closer before, like, actually, like, deep diving into the numbers. Right, right. But, yeah, that's all I got for the Mets. You know, we'll see what happens. Probably more moves after the new year, if I were to guess. So, 
was the last queens of 2023. So thank yeah. you guys for being along for queens. But guten tag. We got more to talk about. Is it guten tag? That's thank you. No idea. As vida bene. I don't even know. Yes, yes. I can't. I can't even speak English, bro. Exactly. All right, but so, yeah. yeah. On to the Bronx. Now entering the Bronx. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bronx. All right. So let's start off with... Two guys that ended up going elsewhere, signing contracts. Or, yeah, we'll do that. Jung Hu Lee signed a six-year, $113 million contract with the Giants. Completely forgot about that. Yeah. Holy once, shit. Um, <laughs> once they got um, Verdugo, and they also got, uh, I can't think of his name now, Grisham, you knew that they weren't going to get it because he would have played that kind of like fourth outfielder spot. And honestly, probably for the better. Because you do have a lot of people in the farm system. And my thing with Lee is, like, I love Jung Hoo Lee a lot. Is this just me, or is that a good bit of money? Oh, my God. I think, that was a, it's a lot more than I thought he was going to yeah. get. And I think industry-wide, that's a lot more than a lot of people thought I was, was perfectly get. okay with, like, 575. But 6113, right. that's... Especially yeah, for a, a guy it's a little steep. Korea isn't is a tick below Japan. Japan's a tick below MLB. So it's right. like that right. plus he is a contact guy. It's not like he's gonna he wouldn't hit I I don't think he would have hit maybe one year those con that year he would hit more than ten home runs. Yeah. Maybe it, one especially in fr- fr- San Francisco now. Yeah. Even at Yankee lefty. Stadium. Right. Like he's gonna have, you know, ten home runs, one at uh, Oracle and nine on no. the road or whatever. So obviously, really wanted him. A lot of money. Sucks. I hope he does well though. Um, then the big one, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I said that right, right? You did. Arr, let's go. Um, he signed with the Dodgers, twelve years, three hundred twenty-five million dollar contract with two opt-outs. I could be wrong, but I think the Yankees had a better de- better contract they offered him. They offered him a ten-year, three hundred million. Just um, just wait. Yep. So you had about three, three to five more AAV. I can't remember what the exact number is. On top of that, the Dodgers their opt-out was after the sixth and the ninth. The Yankees was after the fifth and the, or was after the I think fifth and the eighth. So the opt-outs were earlier. The Dodgers contract is backloaded. So he would have gotten a significant amount much more money with the Yankees. Just thing he want to play for the Dodgers. Yeah, definitely. He he left money on the well, money right now on the table. Obviously, yeah. total guaranteed. I think that's probably what he was looking for. Mm. I would think. I think the twelve years is what really sold him. If mm. I were to think, but who knows? Obviously, very competitive offers, nonetheless. You know, the Yankees. Sending an offer at $300 million for a guy who's never pitched in the mm-hmm. United States is a competitive offer no matter what other people Well, no, he say. didn't. Alex Verdugo owned him. So true. In the WBC. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. He, that's why. He was scared yeah. to be teammates with exactly. the guy who 
owned him. I'd be scared That's of being it. teammates Alex Verdugo too. Um, Especially when he's clean shaven. Oh my god, he looks like he owns a Fortnite channel. Um, but what was I gonna say? I one of the reasons they said is they said they didn't want to give him more than Cole. I don't know if I believe that or not. Because yeah. you. Because the if Yankees realize the market's different, and yeah. you're going all in on a guy, you're not going to care. Garrett Cole's not going to be like, no, I'm the ace, and I have to be paid the most amount of money. Right. I, I, don't, I don't think that, he's that guy. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think he's that type of guy. And if that is the real reason, I honestly think that's a pretty lame excuse. I do as well. But I don't blame them for not going over 300, though. I yeah, think that I, was an incredibly tough. competitive offer. Definitely. Incredibly. I, if no, he no. wanted to go to the Yankees, he would have taken that over the Dodgers offer. Right. And it's just... But my thinking is, do you think that affects them with Soto at all? Or in the sense of they don't want to give Soto more than Judge? Honestly, that, that that's a good question to ask. I mean, personally, if it is true, I think that Maybe they don't want to give Soto as much as Judge. I think if they, this is probably going to come out a lot worse than I mean it. But mm-hmm. if they respect Cole that much, not offer someone else like more than I his contract, mean, yeah. I think that respect for Judge is just like a step higher. I'd say two, especially because right, especially because he's captain, captain and, homegrown. Right. So I think if that's the case, then I think that does kind of deter my outlook on a long-term Soto deal, but mm. who really knows? I don't think that matters. I think that Judge is also the type of guy that's like, if Cashman tells him that, Judge may throw him through a window. Right. Like, he may be like, dude, are you are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, and I also don't think you trade for Soto knowing that you're not going to even be close on the extension. Like, it could right. be a thing like you may not extend him, but... If you're trading him knowing there's absolutely no chance you're going to extend him, then it's like... Yeah. Then what are you doing? What what, what, what are you doing, baby? Like, seriously. and. Yeah, I agree there. So, but I don't... It's a very good question. I don't very believe good. it, personally. Yeah. They sent a scout to everyone on Moto Starts last year. Cashman was right. there in person for a game. You pulled out how many sauce for him. I... I just think they got outbid. And I just realized I had the Queens overlay on this entire time. So we're Love just going to take you off and take. You guys saw nothing. Um, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about, Willis? You're colorblind. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. This is how you find um, out. Yeah, Adrian. That's my cousin. Hi, Adrian. Um, He's colorblind, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> hey. um, yeah, I don't, I don't believe that for a minute. Yeah, I mean. Say what you want. I I don't really have an opinion on it. But. Mm. And since we're already talking... Uh, actually, yeah, I'll say this since we're talking about... I know. Since we're already talking about Soto, um, he said that, that he hasn't personally... T- or There was an article that Gary Phillips wrote that Juan Soto hasn't personally talked to Dominguez, but he offered to help him through his rehab. So oh. I love to hear that. What a guy. To hear Juan Soto teaching Jason right. Dominguez. Because how many times did I, like, talk about how Dominguez's plate discipline reminded me so much of Soto just yeah. because of that, yeah. to be so young, all that. So if he's teaching him, I mean, 
that earns him a contract itself. Right. Yeah. So look, if you have like another pseudo captain or another team leader, like you love that on a team. You yeah. love guys picking up each other and stuff like that. So especially at a guy like Soto at such a young age to be, you know, kind of both like Dominican. That there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities between the two of them. Right, and he can help him, you know, coming up with so much hype surrounding you at such a young age. Like, Soto can help Dominguez kind of not figure himself out. Soto but, is a five-year-older yeah. Dominguez in that sense, where, like, they had, minus the Tommy John, they essentially had the same career path with, like, all right. the hype, coming up so young, like, the right. play discipline being out of this world. Like, all that stuff is, like, so slow. Having a superstar that's been there for a while on your team, Bryce Harper. So, just, yeah. Right. So, love to hear that. Yeah. And then, I will go into... I'll go into this. So, Esteban Floreal, that era is finally finished. He was traded to the Guardians for Cordy Morris. I think that this is a... I like the move overall. Yeah. I think for a couple of reasons. One, Floreal had no options. I don't see him making the major league team. Um, so, it just meant you would have had DFA him. Cody Morris has two options left. And I think two years of control, maybe three. I want to say three years of control, actually. But just... Everyone's saying that, like, because when I saw about the move, everyone was like, oh, why did they trade for a guy that is 6'7'5 ERA in 2023? He only pitched eight innings. In 2022, right. pitched 23 and two thirds innings, 2.28 ERA. Yeah. And also, I remember in Come 2022, on. there was a game where the Yankees needed to score in the playoffs, and he shut them down for two innings. Right. So I, I like the move. Yeah, it's it's, it's you're a not good giving move. up have anything of value. You're I giving mean, up news. Yeah. Look, again, like you said, Floriel didn't have a spot on this roster. He was not going to play over I I, I don't even think he was gonna play over Grisham. I don't think he would have played over Flo- I don't think he would have played over um uh Peraria. Right, right. So, so you he would have been what, the sixth outfielder? Right. And then just to get back a live body for Esteban Floreal. Who actually has upside? Right. You take that every day of the week. Because you never... I like the move as well. He also... Keep in mind, he came up in the Guardian system. Matt Blake was the AAA right. pitching coach. Right. Could be something so there. I'm sure Matt Blake liked something there, but... Exactly. Um, I digress. Yeah. Just wanted to, like, mention that there. Love that move. And now, this is a talk. Or something that I thought of. Because I saw like a lot of like Yankee lineups penciling in Stanton to the four hole. Do you think, depending on if you want to do righty-lefty and like the righty would be four or five, do you think Stanton has to earn back that four slash five hole? I've seen this as well. And what what I, I said or the penciling in? Both. Mm. I do think he has to somewhat, somewhat earn back a better spot in the lineup. And I know a lot of it's due to injuries that, you know, he just can't play, so mm. obviously he's not doing anything. But after the year he had, I think it's it's tough because obviously the potential is there. We've seen it. You you know what a healthy Giancarlo Stan can do. But I think you do have some decent options in this lineup construction that can move Stanton down 
and maybe relieve some pressure off of him and see if he can kind of, I don't want to say bounce back, but, you know, Mm. have a better year than last year. In March slash April last year, he had a 131 WRC plus, then he got hurt. Right. And I'm pretty sure that every year he does, like, really well in the beginning of the year, then he just gets hurt. Like, let me... If he starts off hot out of the gate, I obviously haven't, I don't want to say paid attention, but I haven't looked too deep Yeah, last year, 104 in March slash April, (laughs) and May, 180, and June, 140. Right. So, yeah, if he starts off hot out of the gate, then you play him up in the order. Yeah. But if if I think spring training is going to tell a little bit more, like, if you kind of see him not necessarily struggling... But if you see some signs that maybe point towards the direction of a small decline, then I think that's when you need to start thinking about moving him down. I, it, for me also, like you mentioned spring training, I think that you just can't look at spring training whatsoever. Just because, like, spring... Like, I mean, maybe for, like, bad signs, but, like, I don't think he could do anything in spring training. Because I'd agree, I don't think he should just pencil it in the four or five. I don't think he could do anything in spring training to earn that spot. Right. Or, like, he shouldn't. I think how I would do it is, depending if you're going to do righty, lefty, righty, whatever it is, he's either a six or seven start the year. Because I don't think that you could hit him eighth or ninth. Like, I think that's just, like, just based off the type of hitter he is, especially with, like, you have younger guys that you you don't want to bat them in front of Stan. And it's just, like, right now, going into the year, Glaber's more consistent than him. Right. DJ, who knows? But it's like yeah. a thing of, I would. It's so tough just based off the roster construction because it is really just champagne problems. Like, oh no, Definitely. how are you gonna? Where are you gonna hit Judge and Soto? Oh no! I know. Oh my goodness! So right. it's like, but like, real quick, Fangraphs at, right now, hmm. their projected lineup is Lemayhew, Judge, Soto, Rizzo, Torres, Verdugo, Stanton. Volpe Wells. So they have Stan penciled in seventh. Say that one more time. So DJ. Okay. Judge. Dodo. Okay. Rizzo. Torres. Verdugo. Stan. Volpe. Wells. And then, that, you know, you switch Wells. And that's Trudeau. what I was thinking, honestly, though. Like that exact. Like kind of that we're like Glaber five. You'd have Judge two, Soto three, Rizzo yeah. four. So that's like. No matter what. I yeah. don't think Stan could be hitting above uh, Labor. Labor to start yeah, the year I think at that's least. Malpractice. To start right. the year at least, because I could also yeah, see definitely. a thing of. Because honestly, I don't. I would debate, and this is tough. I would debate switching DJ and Labor. So Labor leadoff, you think? Yeah, like best case scenario, Volpe's okay. your leadoff hitter by middle of the year, but right. I don't think that. We we still got to see on that, but I yeah, I don't yeah I like yeah. Glaber so much more in leadoff because mm-hmm. he gives you that that power. He does get on base a decent bit, no matter what people want to tell you, and right. you have DJ with five guys in front of him. There are five, four guys in front of him that get on base, and you're gonna put him in a spot where he could drive in those runs. He had over a hundred right. RBIs in 2019 batting leadoff. That's crazy. Right. So yeah. you, in RBI, say what you want, but his whole thing was hitting with runners in scoring position. You put him five behind uh, Glaber, Judge, Soto, and Rizzo. 
Right. And I think that's a match made in heaven. You're going to have to pitch around some of those guys. So unless you go one, two, three um, every inning, he's going to have a lot of guys on base. Right. And I then think that's exactly what you, you have. Want. If Verdugo can somewhat be decent, you have Verdugo behind him. Behind him, he has Stan. This lineup has potential to be so deep. It has to live up to his poten- its potential. Definitely. Definitely. So just, I think, I think my perfect lineup has him batting fifth. But, yeah. yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So that, then another thing, since we're already talking on Stanton, um, and I will tie this in. Spencer okay. Jones is working with Judge's hitting coach, which mm-hmm. I think is very good. Because, mm-hmm. obviously, like, he's, uh, what's going He's 6'6", six, six, like, the two, whatever, like, big tower. They are very similar hitters. In the same right. type of sense, like, they're big power guys, high on base, high strikeout, and, mm-hmm. like, a pretty solid average. So, I really like that personally. I know some people, like, just do not like Judge's hitting coach, like, at all. I've um, seen a lot about that. Yeah, just, honestly, like. I don't, I don't have an opinion on it. because I, I don't know enough be... either. Exactly. But I've seen a lot of discourse about that. Yeah. I, some about him, like, ruining kids' swings just to say they hit home runs or something. I... Yeah, from what I've seen, and again, I'm not a hitting coach. I'm not telling people how to hit. But I think he's uh, it's a lot more launch angle-based. Mm-hmm. So you're not necessarily swinging, you know, barrel. You're okay. Kind of like <laughs> uppercutting? Kind of uppercutting? Yes, it's more of an uppercut swing to get that launch angle. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's where the discourse starts. Yeah. But again... Didn't he, like, really work with him going into... I'm pretty sure either going into 2021 or 2022, he, like, really started to work with him. Yeah, something like that. For, with a uh, judge we're talking about, by the way. Right, um, right, right. And let me get out Judge is numbers in those two years. It came in also this year. He was on pace for about 60 home runs. In 2021, he had... Okay, I love how Baseball Reference just does that updating stuff. He had 39 home runs <laughs> in 148 games. He had... Oh, bleh. I almost said 100 because I was looking at RBIs. 62 home runs and 157. In 106, he had 37 home runs. I mean, he's a good hitting coach. They have yeah, similar types of skill sets. And I just... I don't it, know. Look, hitting is such a like philosophy-based, person-to-person, case-to-case, whatever you want to call it, thing. That look, if it works for Judge, great. If it works for Spencer Jones, great. If it doesn't, move on. Yeah. Like it's a, it's such a there's a word I'm thinking of, but it's just it's so case to case that Yeah, basically. Um, but the way I'm tying this in with Stan, how many more years do you think Stan has if he doesn't turn it around? Like how many how much more of a runway do you think they give him? How many more years is on his contract? I want to say four or five. Yeah, four is stuck in my head. I want to say four as well. I I feel like twenty twenty seven just sounds right. Twenty. So twenty twenty seven is last year. Twenty twenty eight. There's a club option for twenty five million. Right. So, so four years. We'll say four years. Right. Four guaranteed years. Yeah. Thirty four years old going into the season. Right. I don't, I don't like how I was talking about Beatty. I know it's different. That's what I was going to say. Not necessarily make or break, 
But this could be the year where they start pushing out Stan. I disagree. Really? I think it is make or break. Because okay. when you look at this team, Stan's getting paid about $25 million a year. If right. you want to sign Soto, that's like half the money there. They're probably going to be paying. Because yeah. you're probably going to be paying Soto about, what, 50 a year? Like, You'd think. Ma- like about that. You're probably going to be paying right. him an absurd amount of money. So yeah. what I think realistically happens is if, if he's not good, he's gone. Because yeah. then your outfield is Dominguez in center. Because they also need a left fielder. They didn't, mm-hmm. like, Soto's not going to be your left fielder long term if you do extend him. What I think yeah. realistically is going to happen is going to be Jones in left. Because I've seen stuff that he may even come up this year. Right. I don't believe that strictly because of how many outfielders they have now. I don't yeah. think it's going to happen. But spot. I think in 2024, your starting outfield is going to be... Jones in left, Dominguez center, Judge slash Soto in right. The other one's a DH. Right. That's what I think they're going for if Stanton yeah. doesn't turn it around. Right. So I think and I don't. That's fair. That's the issue on. is obviously the money. Yeah. I mean, if you want. Because I don't think they're ever going to outright, you know, DFA. You can't. And, right. You just, you can't do that. So you're going to have to probably take on a lot of money. I would think, you know, on. And I'm not saying it's going to happen unless you trade him to a team like the Mets who will eat that contract to get, you know, a better return, whatever you want to call it. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't want it to happen. But you're going to have to eat a lot of that money. And at the end of the day, it is what it is. Yeah. It's a sunk cost, and you just got to keep moving forward. It's it's what the Mets did in the deadline. If it's not helping... I it is also different because of years, but... Right. But if it's not helping... And it's more so for the Yankees. If, if you're blocking the path forward, the future, then I think you just you have to bite the bullet yeah. and just eat it and go on. Exactly. And that's also, who's to say that they don't... Because Grisham, I think, has one more year, right? He has two years? I think. I want to say... He has two years, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So he has two years of control. So he's going to be back next year, too. So, like, right. just... I think that it's very... Because that also leads me to, like, Prairie. I think it's very likely he gets traded. Right. Yeah. I, whether it be this year or next year. I think that he's, like... Because right. I'll get into that soon, but, like, a lot of people are putting him in packages for, like, Corbin Burns or Dylan Cease. And, right. Yeah. He's expendable. Exactly. Because he's, what, like, the fifth outfielder? Right. So it's, like, Probably. your fifth outfielder having that much value, it's almost a bad thing not to trade them. If right. that like makes any sense, right? Because then so. it's gonna rot away in AAA. Value just plummets. Experience, and, right? Yeah. So, that I definitely think, and I don't think I have. Yeah, I have nothing more about the offense, so I might as well go with that perfect segue I accidentally made. So, on to the pitching. So obviously, Misawa Yamamoto. They said they want to get two starters. I think what's most like the most likely option, and I kind of this may honestly be my most preferred option is going to be Montgomery and Montas because you're only giving money. You already gave a good amount of prospects for Juan Soto. So a lot of people are acting like they emptied the farm. That's just not true. Like, yeah, you gave up stuff to get Soto, but you didn't empty the farm. Right. I mean, Michael King's not a prospect. No. You know, Brito. I'd say Brito. Brito kind of. Brito and Vasquez are the prospect types and obviously Thorpey 
Yeah. But what else do you give up? Like, yeah. you give up three minor league pitchers, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I wouldn't say they sold the farm. I don't think they sold the farm. And also, I think if you are trading for, like, a Corbin Burns, you're giving up, like, a Prairie and Praza. Like, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Because yeah. he only has one year left, right? Correct. Yeah, Prairie and Praza for one year Corbin Burns and taking on that money, I think that's realistic. Because I could yeah. see some, like, him and Montas. I could see something like a Montgomery and a Shane Bieber. Which right. I think that's a very interesting one. Because have you seen what the Guardian's asking price is on him? I've, I haven't seen anything on Bieber. <laughs> I haven't seen either. But I know there is, yeah. like, a good chance he does get traded. Right. I would like that as a reclamation yeah. project. Put him in the Matt Blake pitching lab, like we said with Cody Morris. He's been with Matt Blake in the past. Right, right. And, and if Bieber is like your... Five. What, call it... Yeah. Five. Four, five. That's insane. That's, yeah. That's incredible. Like, um... And what was I going to say? I saw a lot of people saying that they're out on Bieber because they already made a trade with the Guardians. It doesn't mean anything. I don't. I think it's just one of those things of, right now they knew they wanted to do Floriel for Cody Morris, so big. Like, okay, for anything else happens, let's just get this done so that we can like treat the offseason like other things. But we're still gonna be in talks for Bieber. That's kind of right. what it we'll, sounds we'll like. We'll circle to me. back. Yeah. I mean, look at the the Mets last season and the trade deadline. They traded Escobar to the Angels, mm-hmm. and a month later, they then traded Dominic Leone to the Angels. Yeah. So just because you trade with a team once doesn't mean you can't trade them, you know, next week. Mm. If the Yankees want to give up something for Bieber, the Guardians are going to listen. You still have three months till the season starts. Right. So I think that that's... I... I'm, like, all out on Cease. Like, I don't... Because he's a good pitcher. Too much. Don't get me wrong, but I'm seeing they want, like, Spencer Jones plus, like, Praza and Prairie. Right. Way that is I, I understand he has two years of control. I don't care. But, uh, yeah, too much in my opinion. That's way too much. Like, I... Yeah. That is way too much. I would much rather give, like, Praza Prairie and something else for Corbin Burns. Right. Definitely. Definitely. And I'm just going to say this guy, before I get into, like, Montgomery, because I am going to go a lot more into him and Snell. We are not trading for Luis Castillo. Just stop. Oh, my God. Just stop already. Like oh, for the Mariners' sake too. And just look Mariners at baseball fans, trade like, value. Says that it's a fair trade to give Peraza and Ferraria. No, like I think baseball trade value over, over, overdoes it. Overdoes it. Overdoes it. Overdoes yeah. it on how much money a guy's getting on his contract. Yeah. Because they they also showed the same thing of Castillo for Cole and Judge is a fair trade based off baseball right. trade values. I, they right. overdo it on the money. It's not happening. They gave up a haul to get him. It's not gonna happen. Just stop. Like it's Gosh. as much as I would, I would love it. It's not right. gonna happen. Yeah. But going into kind of like the two marquee guys on the uh, free agent market, Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery. I do not want Blake Snell at all. Uh. I listen. He had two good years. He has never pitched, never pitched more than 100, or he's pitched, yeah, he's never pitched more than 108 innings in the, 180 innings in his career. Right. And he's so inconsistent. The fact that he has two Cy Youngs is crazy. He only pitched 180 yeah, innings in both those years, 
when was the last time a Cy Young has pitched? Like, I can't think of another guy that's pitched like under two hundred innings once Cy Young. Yeah, I think that's it's, it's like, becoming a little more common now. I will say, like that two hundred innings mark is just not being hit. But yeah, for a Cy besides Young, though, his, his two Cy Young years, one hundred seven, fifty innings in twenty twenty, one twenty eight, one twenty eight. The guy does not pitch deep into games. In, He's a five-inning pitcher. I saw a report that, and by the way, he averaged five and two-thirds innings in the most innings in his career. Um, I saw something that, like, he could be, like, his asking price could go up to, like, six two hundred, Or, like, seven two hundred. No. I think Jordan Montgomery, at max, gets, like, six one fifty. I would, yeah. in a heartbeat, rather give it to Montgomery. In a heartbeat. I mean, pick pick I think, your poison. I think yeah. twenty five million for Montgomery is fair for six years. Because if you it's look at Montgomery's the years, it's the years. Six years. But like he was hurt in the beginning of his career. Ever since then he's been pretty good. Like right. he is a guy he's what, that thirty one? Thirty two? Thirty right now he is let me check. He ju- oh, he turned thirty one yesterday. Happy birthday, Jordan happy, Montgomery. Happy birthday. Um <laughs> No, but you look at, like, some of his numbers, and let me get to it. So, 2017, his rookie year, he had a 3.88 ERA, started 29 games. 2020, started 10 games, which is kind of like the max you really could have started. Didn't have a good ERA, but still. 2021, 30 starts in a 3.83 ERA. Uh, 2022, 32 starts, 3.48 ERA overall. 2023, 32 starts, 3.2 ERA. That's, I think that if it wasn't, if his name wasn't Jordan Montgomery, Yankee fans would be all over him. Definitely, definitely. If it wasn't like a, they didn't want a new toy, this would be the guy they were going all in right. for. I think the other thing is, do you think Jordan Montgomery wants to come back or would be open to coming back Forgot after to talk how about things that. ended? Um, let me just, and, uh, I think so. He said that he wants to, like, there's a lot of reports coming out that he wants to pitch in the Northeast. So, okay, okay. who's there? You have Boston. They're not okay. going to pay him. I'm pretty sure they said they're not even going to come close to paying him. The Mets, yeah. I don't think that, and you've said this multiple times, you don't see him going to the right. Mets because it doesn't fit their yeah. system. Who else is there? Right. He's a gamer. He, he, yeah. sho- he shoved in the postseason. Where else is he going to go? <laughs> like, if he yeah. wants that money, and it's true he wants to play in the Northeast. Right. I mean, yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough because if that's the case, then you're going to have to look elsewhere. But I, I think I it's know. realistic that they – I think he's going to come back. Really? I think what they want to do is they want to get him, and then they want to get a, a reclamation project as their last starter, whether that right. be a Montas, it be a Bieber, it be – who knows, maybe even a Giolito. I wouldn't even say that's a reclamation product project, but, like, still. It's I think like, that's more hoping for a bounce back. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. So, yeah. I don't I, – I think there's a good chance that they get Jordan Montgomery, and honestly, I love it because I don't remember what it was, but I'm pretty sure they told him, like, don't use this one – I think it was, like, a sinker or something. They said, like, the Yankees, yeah. don't use the sinker. He went everywhere else, started using the sinker, started going off. He stopped using the sinker, I think – this year in St. Louis wasn't as good. Used it a lot more with the Rangers. Came a lot better. Right. So it's just, it's one of right. those. Th- but it, 
go on. If the Yankees' philosophy is not to use that pitch, and if I'm not obviously, you would hope that they would listen to him and kind of be like, "All right, it works for you. We're going to use it." Which I think that's how pitching coaches should be, not trying to, you know, make them pitch differently. Like use their strengths. Yeah. I don't know. I just maybe I'm being overdramatic. I think that relationship is a little strained. Because you know, because of how things ended, and you know him, they weren't gonna put him on the postseason roster, stuff like that. Like not to the extent, but it's kind of how like Zach Wheeler in the Mets. I you think reminded that, me that of was something, a, by the way. Was a lot worse for the Mets, but I don't know. I think that relationship's a little more strained yeah. than it led to be on. But go ahead. I completely forgot to mention this. I I had it in my head that I was going to, but I forgot. He was absolutely beloved in the clubhouse. Everyone, him and Judge came out the same year. They, I'm pretty sure right. they were like really good friends. He had a good relationship with Cole, with Nestor. When he got traded in 2022, the Yankees were so much worse, and you could tell they just didn't have that energy. It was like something mm-hmm. that they had was missing. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that it really, and Cashman does have a history of bringing guys back that he traded away. Right. Um, yeah. Wells, I know there's like a couple other guys I can't remember off the top of my head. Chapman. Chapman, uh, Davis, or not Davis, um, I can't think of the guy's name. There's like two or three other guys that like he's either let go or he traded away, brought them back. So right. I don't Albert Abreu, that's different, but still Right. But yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I don't, I don't think that that's big of it. I think it'll be fine. I I don't think that's gonna be playing as much maybe he could use it in leverage for contracts, right. who knows? But yeah. I don't know. He's shown he could play in New York. You, he's a lefty, so it's not going to be as many lefties going to be able to p- be pull happy. I don't know. I really, I think yeah. it would be a great deal. I don't. The years, like, I don't think it's that much. Like, I, I do. I, I think he will age better than most because he's yeah. not a power pitcher. I would consider more. And of he a also really hasn't pitched much. Pitcher. He hasn't pitched much in his career. Right, but six years. You know, you're looking at a 35, 36, 37 year old. Thirty six. Right. I yeah that the max I would do is five, max. I'm perfectly fine with six. Because yeah. I think they need they need a guy like him. Like I think he'd be your two, easily. I mean, like it's literally just a thing of his name. Right. Like in the last two years, he had a three four eight ERA and a three two. Year before that, a three eight three. Thirty starts, thirty two starts, thirty two starts. Shoney right, but- could shove in the postseason. If you're paying him $25 million for a 3.5 to a 3.8, I don't think that's worth it. But what about the 3.2? Like One year. Still. One year? What do you mean, still? That, like, his career it's also a thing of he eats... Middle. It's also a thing of he started pitching a, com- a mm-hmm. different way, and you could tell the pitching him pitching a different way correlates with him being a better pitcher. Right. And it also being a thing of, show me a guy that gave you 30, 32, 32 starts. Lucas Giolito. And what's he doing? Right. No, I, I, I get it. I just, I think he's going to get overpaid. I'm perfectly fine with that. I, I think. And that's always where we differ. There's some guys that you're just going to have to overpay. And yeah. that's like just the market. That's the I market. Understand. You're going to have to overpay for every guy. I think this is a great mm-hmm. con. I think it would be a good contract. Because keep in mind, in twenty, he missed 2018 and 2019 with Tommy John. 
So mm-hmm. he didn't have any innings then, really. Pitched in 2020, 2020, so it's like he doesn't really have that much wear on his elbow, on his arm. Right. So right. I, I don't know. I think that any, people are – I think it's one of those things of he hasn't pitched nearly as much, but he's built up to be a pitcher, so it won't be as mm-hmm. big of an issue. Maybe. Maybe. I would like to be proven wrong. I think he, mm. I think he's a great pitcher. I just – I wouldn't like to be on the wrong side of that contract. Mm. Uh, I just think when you also include how he is in the clubhouse and how much guys just absolutely like adore him in that clubhouse. I, like he was at Michael King's wedding, for example. Right. And I, I don't know. I agree to disagree. I just... If his name was anything other than Jordan Montgomery, Yankee fans would want him so badly. Same thing with Most Frankie Montas. Most likely. So, and I you could, barely got to see Montas. That's my thing with Montas. <laughs> Cashman, he's going to want to bring him back because you traded a good amount for Montas. You're going to at least right. want to see it through. Right. You, you, yeah, you barely got to see like anything. You didn't see from anything. Montas. You got what? 50 innings? <sighs> that may Maybe? be generous. That, I think Maybe? that's. Yeah, I think that's completely overblown. I think that's like maybe twenty-five. I mean, so what, he pitched, innings pitched one inning. He pitched thirty-nine in innings in twenty twenty-two. Bullshit. Okay, he so pitched one point one innings, innings this year. You got forty innings out of him. He pitched eight games last year. One game this year, which was in relief. Right. So, I think it makes sense. I think there's. He also had a six three five year a lot the last year. He did, and he I did. Know. I will say he did look good this year. I know, as I was saying, because of technical difficulties, I don't. I would like him back on a cheap deal. So it's like, because yeah. you yeah. never know. Okay. He's not good. DFM. Who cares? Just right. Yeah. No such thing as a bad one year deal. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's pretty much. All that I have. Let me just double checking over my notes. Yeah, that's all I got. If you anything else you wanted to add? Uh, I do not. Obviously, you know. Again, holidays. Not much goes on, but still, lots of off season. Off season left. Plenty, plenty, plenty. Yeah. Plenty of free agents too. So. Yeah. There's stuff definitely to look forward to. So, Nick's going to wrap it up because I hate doing the outro. Okay, cool. So, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Again, always follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We've been more active on TikTok, so make sure to check that out as well. And this will probably be our last episode of this year. Definitely. Our yeah, our first full year is wrapping up, so thank you all guys. Thank all of you guys for watching and supporting us. We're really excited for the new year. Can't wait to get started. And yeah, so happy holidays, happy new years, and we'll see you in the next year. See you guys.